Welcome to Verified Rx, your prescription for success. Brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. Vizient Pharmacy Vision Awards celebrate the values and achievements of our pharmacy members. I'm Gretchen Brummel, Pharmacy Executive Director in the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence and your program host. With me today are two winners of the Excellence in Clinical Practice Award, Dr. Shirley Wong, Clinical Program Pharmacist, and Dr. Stephanie Shaw, Assistant Professor of Clinical Pharmacy, both at UCSF. As you know, the Clinical Award winner demonstrates the ability to implement novel clinical practices to improve patient outcomes and reduce the cost of medication utilization. Your nomination shared the incredible impacts of your work, and I'm excited to learn more about your story. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. First of all, congratulations on your award. Very exciting for us. <laughs> Tell me, what were you trying to accomplish with this project? This was a demonstration project where we wanted to demonstrate that pharmacists are crucial and valuable members in a team-based primary care setting, especially during a time when we had limited resources and the UCSF system had benchmark goals to be met. Our clinic began as a pilot, which was funded by San Francisco Health Plan. This was around the time when the racial climate was intense and inequities were at the forefront of the news. Our healthcare system was also at its capacity and stretching at the seams, especially with the pandemic. Despite all of this, one of our physician champions and executive medical director of primary care at the time, Colleen Kivlahan, prioritize hypertension disparities in our African-American patients as UCSF's primary care metric to focus on. She subsequently reached out to the chairs at the School of Pharmacy, Lisa Kroon and Marilyn Stebbins, to help with this endeavor. Myself and Dr. Stephanie Shaw here, whose specialty is mental health, were asked to help to reach this system-wide goal of 73% blood pressure control in our African-American population and close the disparity in hypertension control. Really important work. Thank you so much for that. Tell me a little bit more about the problem that you were trying to solve. As a health system, hypertension control in our African-American patients was disproportionately low compared to our non-African-American patients. And this disparity only widened during the pandemic. This became an uphill battle to get all of these patients back to blood pressure control. Also during this, we realized that individuals are not isolated disease states. So we took a very holistic approach by addressing mental health issues as well, like anxiety, depression, and smoking cessation. This is Stephanie's specialty. Oftentimes, addressing these issues will help lower blood pressure. I can appreciate that approach to the whole patient. What was your approach to address the problem? Similar to how we address the individual patients, we took a holistic, multi-prong approach. This was an interdepartment collaboration with the School of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Services, as well as the UCSF Population Health and UCSF Primary Care. So this is a huge group endeavor. We have two wonderful and experienced healthcare navigators, Rosalind Cruz and Monique Posey, who performed outreach to our patients and conducted motivational interviewing. We had a huge team of primary care physicians champions, Ni Yang, Jonathan Lee, Nicole Pell, Judith Wash, and many other physicians who meet monthly to support our program. They provided feedback and strategies on how to effectively embed a pharmacist into the existing 
workflows in clinic. And we also had a data analyst, Kimberly Chang, who created a huge registry of our patients to track outcomes and outreach. After Kimberly created the registry, this revealed that we had about 1,400 patients who needed care, but we only had 0.3 FTE pharmacist time between Stephanie and I, which was definitely not enough time to take care of all these patients in just nine months. What we decided to do was to prioritize and divide and conquer population health, but utilize their pre-existent robust outreach workflows to patients who did not have a primary care provider visit within the last two years. Pharmacists could not see these patients anyways because of the collaborative practice agreement we have in place. Pharmacists would then focus on patients who were high risk, and this was identified as having two consecutive blood pressure readings that were greater than 150, and also patients with comorbid diabetes and a blood pressure greater than 140 over 90. These were our high-risk patients. Between the pharmacists, we wanted to ensure that we were not only practicing at the top of our license, but also utilizing our expertise. What do you think, Stephanie? One unique aspect about our clinic was the additional focus on mental health and also helping patients to quit smoking because I think we realized with these patients who have blood pressures that are high and hard to control that there's oftentimes something else going on. Luckily, I was brought in and my expertise is in mental health and smoking cessation. I focused on those patients who had elevated PHQ-9 or GAD-7 scores or who were actively smoking. I was able to manage that subset of patients while Shirley managed those patients who didn't have those comorbid conditions. Our clinic actually became fully virtual, which wasn't the initial plan of this program. We thought we would go into offices and see patients in person, but with the pandemic, the only option was to offer telephonic and video visits. This ended up casting a wider net to patients who never made it to clinic in the first place for any of their appointments. So we were able to reach some previously very difficult to reach patients. Additionally, we also mailed home blood pressure cuffs to patients who did not have a working home blood pressure cuff. And this was trying to do a more holistic approach in caring for these patients. Of course, there are a lot of social economic issues that us as a healthcare system did not have the tools and resources to address at that time, what we were trying to accomplish and how we approached this issue. It's exciting to see your approach to telemedicine and how you were able to leverage some of those tools. Tell me a little bit about what's included in your collaborative practice agreement. Our collaborative practice agreement is actually 20 pages, and it essentially outlines the criteria for prescriptive authority for a pharmacist to adjust and order medications in pertinent labs under physician oversight. At UCSF, there is an annual review by the signing physician to ensure that pharmacists are in compliance with the agreement and also following JCO criteria for medication reconciliation. I think the annual review may be different at other institutions, but at UCSF, we do have this annual chart review by the physician. And what are the pharmacist training requirements to be able to provide these services? Both Dr. Shaw and I collectively have over 12 years of direct patient care experience. Our training was there. We also participated in additional training and roundtable discussions on racism, personal prejudices, beyond the required diversity, equity, and inclusion training for our employees. This definitely prepared us to empathize and advocate for our patients. And I felt it definitely prepared me to have these very difficult and sometimes uncomfortable conversations that patients bring up around race and how they've been navigating through the healthcare system. 
even though we're both women of color, I think our experience in the U.S. has been very different than those of many of our patients. It was really important, even though we could never fully put ourselves in their shoes and exactly understand what they're going through. I think it was really important for us to get some more of that training so that we could provide the best care we could to our patients. And one of the things we discovered just having these direct patient care visits is there's a long history of mistrust in our healthcare system. And this goes beyond the time that Stephanie and I started the program. We found ourselves having to rebuild this trust, which was another challenge. Not only were we adjusting medications and trying to educate patients, I mean, there's just so much misinformation out there on the internet and patients coming to us and saying, you know, I heard that I can't use this medication because I'm Black. So a lot of clarification and patient education and directing patients to more reputable resources has also been something that we've been working a lot with our patients. Ultimately, what was the impact of your work on patient outcomes? Prior to our program, there was a huge disparity in hypertension control between our African-American patients and our non-African-American patients. This was about maybe a 3 to 4% disparity. At the beginning of the program, we had about 67% hypertension control in our African-American population, and this was well below the 73% benchmark goal. As our program started, and actually during the pandemic, the disparity actually widens to about 7%. And after our program started moving, and this was about maybe three to six months after the program, the disparity actually began to narrow to the point where we had reached our benchmark goal of 73% eight months into the program. And this was the first time in history that we've ever reached our benchmark goal in hypertension control for our African-American patients. Recent data in the last six months actually showed that we are continuing to sustain the same rate of blood pressure control. So the impact of the pharmacy services are sustained, and we can see that it's continuing to keep us above our 73% benchmark goal. Well, congratulations on meeting that benchmark and also sustaining the work throughout your program. That's fantastic work. As your program rolled out, what other opportunities did you discover along the way? There have been so many opportunities that we've kind of discovered and gotten to take advantage of. One that Shirley talked about was really the opportunity for us to build relationships with these patients and with our African-American patients. One disadvantage to getting care within a large academic medical center is oftentimes you're moved around between a lot of providers. You might see trainees like residents and fellows our patients really appreciated having a point person and that person being the pharmacist to talk to about their blood pressure readings. A lot of our patients would say things like, wow, you know, it's so nice to get to meet with you like once a month and be consistent and also hear from our healthcare navigators, which were so crucial in building that relationship too. Just by being consistent and engaged in their care and really working with the patient, we really learned that we can work really effectively. They all care a lot about their health. They just need that support and want that support to help them get there. Another really important opportunity was just a chance to show other healthcare providers and also the healthcare system all that pharmacists can do. A lot of the primary care providers hadn't worked as closely with a pharmacist, especially in like mental health and tobacco cessation. 
it was really nice to actually show one, how important pharmacists can be with blood pressure management, but also that it's not always just about titrating blood pressure medications. Sometimes if you address a patient's mental health and their smoking and other things that are going on in their life, that can actually bring their blood pressure down without even touching medications. So I think that was a really great learning point for us and also for the rest of our team. You make a really good point about raising up the capabilities of the clinical pharmacists and bringing it back to that concept of practicing at the top of your license. With that in mind, do you think your successes are going to encourage other telepharmacy programs? Yeah, I really hope that it does. Actually, there are a lot of benefits to doing telepharmacy. I was kind of hesitant before because I'm used to seeing patients in person, but I think it really helped us get the clinic started so much faster because we didn't have to worry about space and all of those logistics. We are studying this, so we'll keep you posted. We hope to publish our results and get that out there to the public and present this at conferences. We are actually planning as UCSF to expand now into the diabetes populations. One of our goals is to now work on managing our African-American patients with diabetes and an A1C greater than 8%. Already UCSF has seen the value and they've actually prioritized including pharmacists into primary care with chronic disease state management. So we hope that UCSF can serve as a pilot site just to spread and serve as an example to other institutions who are looking into this. Well, we look forward to hearing more about your future programs and publications. You had mentioned the patient satisfaction aspect of having a consistent practitioner caring for individual patients. What other ways has this program influenced patient satisfaction? We were lucky enough to actually have a focus group with some of our patients after our pilot ended, and the patients expressed that they really enjoyed having the pharmacist as an additional resource, having that increased access to care. There's a lot of misinformation out there on medications and dietary supplements, so just having a point person, like I know I get all the time questions just not about their blood pressure medications, but about all the other medications they're on. We really take a holistic approach. We also make sure that they're getting the referrals they need for their other chronic conditions, that we're connecting them with therapists or other providers that they might need to see. Anecdotally, I know that the patients have really expressed their satisfaction with working with us because they've made their health a priority and they're just so thankful to have someone to help them with that. And they're proud of themselves when they reach those goals. We actually had patients ask for certificates when they graduate from the program and when they reach the goal. And that's something we're working on to recognize them for all the hard work that they do. That's definitely very encouraging to hear. Now that you have some experience with the program, what are your future plans? Expansion, definitely. We need more paid pharmacist time. We're expanding to a larger population of patients to include other chronic disease state management. Finding innovative programs where pharmacists can assist with, whether it's like partnering up with population health or other healthcare providers. Pharmacists are really crucial and valuable team member in the healthcare team. I completely agree, Shirley. What advice do you have for new practitioners or frontline staff who want to start something like this in the future? First and foremost, finding a physician champion or someone who actually shares the same interests as you. Trying to identify the need within the system. This could be creating a registry or maybe looking at an existing one. 
maybe looking to see if your institution or workplace has financial incentives for pay for performance metrics. I think because the whole UCSF system was aligned in this financial incentive, a lot of the resources were directed to this. And I think we had support, which was really helpful. Also partner and collaborate with those outside of your pharmacy profession. You can learn a lot from other team members. Collectively, you can build on each other's strengths and weaknesses and create something really amazing. And also along those lines, don't hesitate to reach out to people within pharmacy who have started models like this. Feel free to reach out to us. We'd be happy to help talk to others who are interested in starting this at your institution. All great advice. Thank you. Shirley and Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today to share your successes. It's been great having you on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. And to our listeners, please join us for more Verified Rx podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Verified Rx is your prescription for success and is brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. I'm Gretchen Brummel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.